This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Yeah, rolling along here during All-Star Week. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com as well. Brock's in the building. Hey, buddy. Nice to see you. Good morning. What a night last night, man. It was fun. I know you were with uh, Coach Heward and Grandma Peg last night, Gosh, so I want to I want to hear a little bit more about that. Back to the that. future for me down on 9th Street in Puyallup. Holy smokes. Yes, indeed. You'll hear some of that later. That must have been quite the experience. It was. Uh, I was there. Justin and Maura were both there. Maura lucked into tickets late, so Maura was in the I building. Sounds a little bitter about that. Uh-huh. I'm only bitter because of how much I spent on the tickets. <laughs> and then I'll keep hearing people like, oh, yeah, I got in. I got a press pass. I did this. I'm like, I have a new mortgage for the tickets that I bought. Uh, and so, I'm no, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. you got to go. Justin was like, out. Justin's behind the scenes access is phenomenal. He told us a little bit about his, uh, you know, oh, new romance with Junior. Yeah, I heard. You were driving in. And this he's morning. DMing somebody now on the on the Astro. Like he's Brian in, Hunter and I are just buddies. Yeah, just embedding yeah. in on the Astro yeah. stuff. Good for you. Good yeah. move. So right. you got to infiltrate. You got that going on. And uh, recommendations. I, Restaurant. Everybody I talk, honestly, I just, I did this because I thought Salk would be a question Salk would ask everybody. And I'm like, this is what an adult would say if they were here. <laughs> I was like, so I talked, I asked Passon the same question. I asked Brian, I was like, eat anything good since you've been in town? Oh, wow. <laughs> Great question. And he goes, yeah, he's like, it's some place called, uh, Canla, Canla. Oh, jeez. Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you went to Canlas? Passon did that? No. Oh. Passon went and had some good sushi, but. I was going to say, I know Passon's making money, but is he making Canlas money? No, I don't. The Astros coaches went to went to Canlas. He's like, yeah, yeah I've got the bills like $18,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you just stick it on the like Altuve or something. You're like, I don't know. This guy's paying for you it. You know what you could have done last night? And thank you for the nice tease that I'll let you get to here in a second. Yeah. I don't know what I said, but thank you for that. Uh, here's the one thing, Barnsey, you could have done last night. Go on. And maybe you would have felt wrong about it, but you shouldn't have. All those dudes that asked you for your jacket, you could have just said 10G. 5G's. And I and I bet you their peeps would have had it in their back. Somebody would have done you it. You're not wrong. Somebody would have absolutely yeah. done it. And said, uh, should, little auction. Yeah, just be like, well, this guy offered me 10. <laughs> oh, I'll offer you yeah. 15. All right, well, this guy's yeah. going to offer me 20. Uh, around those rollers that spend 18 grand at a restaurant. Right. You know, and they all wanted your jacket, just be like, 5 grand? Well, and they're used to, they could order it, but they're used to getting something right That's now. Right. Like That's the, what they the, wanted the now. The sound yeah. of the Seahawks they last week, now. they had the team photographer, Rod Maron, and he was talking about first meeting Marshawn Lynch, and Marshawn was like, I want I want that camera. Yep. I want you for your camera. And he's like, no, I, I need it. Right. He's like, no, but like, you should just sell it to me. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put a fake price you tag on the jacket. You probably could have sold it to yep. I'm going to wear it Wear it again tonight. And, yep. and I'm just going to open the jacket and be like, here's the price tag. I'm yes. Like, I don't know. You I should. Tell you. Like, I know, like, like, like Bird and Wildcats. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, who needs a Casio? <laughs> right? Yes. Anyway, all right. Well, Justin, great job last night, and we're going to hear some more, some more of his uh, behind the scenes stories. Joke. They did not. They no, it's okay. Nicely, they don't need I, to get I, it. I but for everybody else, for the four people in the world who've seen Wildcats as many as you and I have, better than Diamond. There rings. you go. Yep, for all that, audience. you did say something, Brock, that I, I want to come back to because you are so right. Oh. When it comes to Julio Rodriguez, there is one word that stands above every other word, and that is connection. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. You are absolutely right. 
He connects unlike any athlete I can think of here in Seattle. Anyway, there's probably others around the country mm-hmm. who are really good at this in various sports. And I think basketball has a lot of that because of the the in-person, you know, how close the crowd is. It's mm-hmm. very close quarters and you're right there intimate with the players. Yep. But for a baseball player to connect the way he does with his home crowd, as good as last night was, it was a blast. I'm glad I went. It was almost worth the money. It was great. It would not have been very good without Julio. Correct. I got to tell you, like, I, I don't, I'm not trying, and there's nothing about the Mariners or the format or any of it. It would have been fine. Right? I mean, I would have probably been rooting for a Rosarena. He's fun. Mm-hmm. He's become my, my favorite non-Mariner in baseball. I really like a Rosarena. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have had any real magic energy. All of it. Julio just brought all of that to the table. Yeah, you kind of felt the air come out of the balloon, at least on the television broadcast. You guys were all there. But once Julio lost in that second you mean round. when I left? Yeah. <laughs> you left. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Of course we left. <laughs> Traffic, yes. Yes. We have to yeah. take the, the train back up. Cecily's yep. tired. I got to wake up at the crack of dawn to be in here. Yep. Yeah, we left. Yeah, well, Julia was out. See yeah, you later. You could just and you could just feel that. And the guys on the broadcast, they know that, right? And I've said this to you guys before about what I do and how I don't really care who wins. All I care is a close game and give me that fifth voice on a broadcast. Give me that noise in that stadium. And man, when he was introduced and when he hit and when he put on the greatest single round in home run derby history, that place became electric. Mm-hmm. And then once he kind of ran out of gas and couldn't do that and lost, okay. the plug was just pulled right yeah, out of the room. That's exactly how it felt. I mean, poor Cecily was like, she wasn't in tears, thankfully, because I kept reminding her throughout, like, hey, this is just fun. This is just a good time. But she was like so nervous about Julio and whether, right. you know, he was going to win that it, it almost like started to to like affect her ability to enjoy it. But the, the connection between him and the crowd. And the crowd, you can hear him starting to chant here at T-Mobile Park as he takes his timeout. 135 to go. He's at 14. I get myself in trouble sometimes when I make sort of broad statements, but I'm going to make one anyway, and I'll couch it just enough that hopefully it won't sound ridiculous. Julio has a chance to endear himself to this fan base in a way no one ever has. Has a chance. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'll say that is because if he ever wins it all, it will be different than anything anyone else ever did. He'll need longevity. He, which he doesn't have yet. Mm -hmm. He'll need playoff success and probably winning a championship, which he doesn't have yet. He'll like all that stuff comes later, but the 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 the, the endearing, how endearing he is and the way he thinks about the fans all the time. Mm-hmm. God, did you see the bat he used yesterday? His bat was all Pacific Northwest landmarks and said "No place like home" on it. Is that where Ravage tried to come up with the different cities? Oh, he hit that to Kirkland. Oh, to Bellevue. Did <laughs> right. He was trying his best to Bellingham to Olympia. Yeah, he, bless his heart. He did his best. Egan, not not very good, no. but he did his best. He has a connective tissue that's just different, not just with the fans, Salk, but with his clubhouse and with the, with the league. And, and, and you see that, and you see that on the broadcast, right? And a number of the competitors yesterday, Cuban and, and even Vlad winning it, didn't speak. You know, he had a translator out there. Julio connects. He's, he's learned the language purposefully mm-hmm. to do that. He, he wants to be able to speak and interact with both more easily. Not that you can't, not that you have to. 
He wanted to. Yeah, because you could see last night with a guy like a Rosarena and Adolis Garcia and even Vlad. Like, they connect in their own way. Incredible with, joy. Yeah, you don't need it. No. But when you have it, yes, it does help. When you then can take that next step and yeah. you can communicate further and you can connect on both sides, right? Which is what he's done. And, and Manny Acta has talked about that. You have talked about that for years. Just the advantage of players yeah. that are bilingual. Right, that you can go and interact and get at the same level and the same depth. That's really what it is. It's depth. People that connect, they're not just surfacey. They know how to just get to deeper. And he does it with the fans, as you said, emotionally. Well, that's the other thing that kind of blows me away about about Julio is his immediate reaction to turn to the fans mm-hmm. in any moment. That connection with the fans, I think, becomes palpable for him because it seems as if he is playing for them as much as he's playing for himself mm-hmm. and maybe even as much as he's playing for his teammates, which yeah. is what you hear so often from players, right? It, yeah. He just seems to immediately go to the fans. It was electric. It was electric. Just like the fact that we were out here and the whole crowd was into it and they were supporting me all that. I feel like it meant the world for me. I really enjoyed it and I hope they enjoyed it too. It does seem to mean the world to him. It does. He legitimately cares when the fans cheer for him. Yeah, when he makes a play in the outfield, what is the first thing that he does? He usually gives his little no-fly zone, Yeah, right? Even on the road sometimes. I don't know if there's people that travel on the road that the no-fly zone does fly with him. But he'll do that to the crowd and yeah. to his – yeah, he's – the King did it. The King loved to perform, man. King Felix was a performer. He was a performer the other day in the, in the softball tournament. You know, he hits a bomb, and he loved, he fed off of that in a very similar vein. Mm. But where, yeah, Julio goes a depth, a step in depth further is just connecting with all the all the folks in the clubhouse, man, all the people in the organization, all of those fans, all of your peers. That And, oh, by the way, all of the superstars uh, yeah. around the country that were tweeting about it as well. Pretty crazy. For the second straight year, Julio Rodriguez loses the Derby and wins the night. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal figure. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm a little, uh, little, a little voice shaken. No, little I just I'm, I can barely speak I after all the cheering too. last night. I just, I just love him. He means so much. Trying to get through everything you need to know next. I'm Brock and Salt. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yes, Uli Rodriguez was the star last night. He won even though he didn't win the Derby. He won the night, that's for sure. And he did it by hitting 41 home runs in the first round. 41 homers. That's the most ever hit in any round by a competitor in the home run derby. The previous record. Vlad Jr. had 40 in 2019 in the semifinals. It's hard to imagine someone doing better than that, but (laughs) you'd have to hit. I mean, he hardly missed. He had 41 home runs. I don't know how many pitches were thrown, but there was very few balls that didn't go out of the yard. Yeah, there were just some moments in there where it felt like it was swing after swing after swing, and it was just like on repeat like a machine. Yep. You know what it felt like? And this is back to uh, the satin jacket into the 80s in our day. In the movie Wildcats, it felt like Larry Bird in a three-point contest, where you're, he's just in that rhythm, and you're like, "There's just no way. How is he doing this?" Over, and then he put his finger number one up in the air before the ball even goes through the yeah. net. 
That's what it felt like a little bit with Julio, although they emote very differently. Bird just kind of sticks his finger up with his mustache and moves on, and Julio throws his bat down and just reacts to the crowd, like just almost William Wallace or or uh, Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained? Like Gladiator. Like, you know, he is in that arena and feeds off of it, and it was a show. Well, unfortunately, he managed only 20 in the second round. Clearly, he had... Uh gotten empty the tank yeah he he had kind of done everything he could do he didn't really seem to have much left that was the opportunity basically the first opportunity that i had i was i wanted to live in the moment and kind of be able to give a show to the mariners fans and just kind of give my all and for that second round i was just <sighs> but yeah it was fun it was fun I feel like your your mind is there, but your body is not. That's the best way to explain. Well, that's sort of what it looked like. He just seemed gassed at that point, and he loses to Vlad Jr., who goes on to defeat Randy Arozarena, becomes the first son of a Derby champion to be a champion himself. And by the way, he did the same thing when he hit the last home run to beat Julio. He just walked away before that thing hit the ground. He was yeah, like, "Oh yeah, that know. thing's gone. See you later." You guys were all there in person. You didn't watch the television broadcast as I did with uh, with Coach and Grandma Peg. And one of the things that was pretty neat was during his timeout and breaks, Vlad Jr. was coming over and telling Julio, "Like your bottom hand, man." You know, he was he was saying all in Spanish, and they were translating there uh, mm. on the set. Like, isn't that cool, man? That yeah. even though they're competing, Vlad knows him and is like, "Hey, you're just way too bottom hand. You know, you got, you got to get your top hand more involved. You're getting fatigued and." And yeah, as he said, he knew what to do, but the body just wouldn't follow. All of those guys seem like they're really good friends. Yeah. I mean, a Rosarena and Vlad and Adolis Garcia. Garcia, who I really like also, and Julio. It just, Soto was all, I mean, he wasn't participating, but he was around like, pretty darn cool, man. That was a really, really, really fun night. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, a day after focusing on mostly high school bats, the Mariners did have eight more picks yesterday, and they found some college arms to go with a few more athletes. The most intriguing name for me was Teddy McGraw, just reading about him. Big right-hander out of Wake Forest. He missed all of last year due to Tommy John surgery, Mm -hmm. but a really hard power sinker, tons of upside if he can return to form, which is you know why he was available there in the third round. Draft will finish up today, but by all accounts, they've done a pretty nice job of continuing to restock this system and uh, they're going to have a lot of good young players so if you want to make a deal you got more guys coming along the way yeah we don't know these names and there are far more of them 640 or so that are going to be drafted compared to the, the the draft that goes on in april that we spend months leading up to that we've watched these guys that there's pundit after pundit after pundit and draft analyst after analyst after analyst not that way in baseball however Remember, this organization is built on DDT, and that first D is draft. Draft, develop, and trade. And that is why, even in the midst of a season, Jerry DePoto on a Thursday says, no, we're not handling Major League business. We are in our draft meetings. We are getting ready to capitalize on this draft. The three biggest were certainly in that first round, uh, Thursday night or Sunday night. But draft, develop, and trade, that's the essence of this organization. And these names that you're hearing today, you may not hear for some years, or they may be moved on and traded, but they are the foundational blocks of this organization. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, after all the fun that we've had in the last week with uh, the whole All-Star festivity, it comes to a big conclusion tonight with the actual All-Star game, American League versus National League. Should be a blast. No Mariners starting in this game, but we'll probably get a chance to see Julio. I would imagine there will be a huge ovation again. Uh, And I don't know whether either Kirby or Castillo will pitch, but I saw them both out there last night and 
and having a good time. I just wanted to take a moment here to thank and, and just sort of recognize one person who worked really, really hard to make all of this happen. Most people out there may not know his name, Randy Adamak. He worked for the Mariners essentially forever since the team first started, and he retired a couple of years ago. He's had a couple of little health scares, etc. Randy is the most gentle, wonderful, kind human being virtually anybody knows. But when he retired, this was the one thing he sort of kept on his plate. He had retired except for he was working on the All-Star game. So to see it all come to fruition over the course of the last few days and this whole week and what a tremendous success it's been for the city of Seattle, for the Mariners organization, for T-Mobile Park. And I think of people like Trevor Gooby who helped get the park ready and all the folks like Katie Griggs who were sort of working behind the scenes to make all this happen. But the guy who worked the longest on this and and probably as hard as anybody is Randy Adamak and just kind of wanted to shout him out this morning. Yeah, that's cool. It's one of the... one opportunity where the league comes to your home. Right? There's like 30, if you think about it in that way, like 30 different homes around the you league. Vacuum right? and clean, and, and yes, everything ready. And all the different locales. Okay, how do we get everything ready? Who's going to, you know, edge and mow the lawn? And, you know, who's going to fertilize and on the inside? Is everything cleaned up? Is everything is. is what kind of meal can we serve? How, what what about our hospitality? And there's so many factors. And in this case, it isn't just tonight. It wasn't just last night. It's Saturday. It's Sunday. It's all the festivities. It's leading up to it, the week leading up to it. So, yeah, hats off to so many man and woman hours over there to get that house ready to go. And tonight it will shine. Yeah, Wendy the Wendy Lady, uh, 253 yeah. says, had a did big a role job. in that as well. Yes, Wendy, was. Uh, she did a good job, I thought, last Were night. Were you bothered at all? It's everything all. you need to know. Were you bothered at all? that uh, Luis Castillo is not starting. Otani's out with the fingernail. Um, uh, McClanahan's back. He's he's right. out. So those two guys have pitched much better than him. Garrett Cole's on two days rest. Yeah. And Garrett Cole supposedly came up to Dusty and said, yeah, yeah, I like the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, I kinda, I'd like I'd to like, make that happen. I kind of like to start Am I bothered by game. it? No, no. Not, not really at all. I mean, I, I honestly, as you know how much I love Castillo, and I, and I think he's going to be great in the second half, but – if if you ask me who had a better I thought, first half, George or him? Yeah, had to gone with George. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I would have put Castillo second. I, I still think he's had a better first half than Logan, although it's close. Yep. Um, I, I probably would have said that George needed to be mm-hmm. their first All Star instead mm-hmm. of uh, instead of Castillo. So I think I did say that last week, and it felt weird no. saying that. But yeah, yeah, I, I no, I think I agree with you. And you know how much I love Luis. I mean, I'm I'm. You know, full on doing the pottery wheel. wheel. Uh, By the way, congrats to Logan Gilbert. While he's not here at the All-Star game, he was named American League Pitcher of the Week. So uh, for good reason. He was uh, pretty, pretty great last week. All right. You want to you want some inside uh, the ropes? What we got a chance to see Mm. last night? We have a a baseball version of takeaways. We don't need the music, but we've got some baseball takeaways for you guys. Next, it's Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com, your exclusive home for the All-Star game tonight. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, let's take you through what we saw last night. It was cool to be in the building. Unique event, man. I've never been to anything quite like the Home Run Derby because there's not really anything like the Home Run Derby. It is different. It's not a game. I kept saying to Cecily, we got to go into the game. It's like, well, it's not a game. No. Right? It's not a game. It's a it's an event. It's, it's a slam dunk contest and three-point shooting contest. That's it. I think right. that's about it. That's the only real comp for I it. I know hockey has their shootouts no. and they measure stuff or, you know, but no. It's the, it's the slam dunk, which has had some pretty epic moments in Seattle, in fact. Air Jordan mm-hmm. taking off from the free throw line and going under the rim and doing all that he did and... 
talked about Larry Bird, but uh, yeah, as far as exhibitions go, it's about as easy to watch. Yeah. You know, Grandma Peg last night never watched it. Like, this is fun. Like, this is She was into it. it. Oh, yeah. She got it. Well, after she made her unbelievable dinner for me. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I went in the Wayback Machine last night. I was looking for the Buick LeSabre tank that I used to drive. That thing's been out, you know, sold long gone. But yeah, I pulled up for some reason last night. I don't know why. It was just nostalgic. I was like, wow, I'm really turning back the clock. And there was grandma. And yeah, she had a great little meal that we used to have. Nice. I hadn't had in a long time. So good times. Well, I'll take you, you know, through some of the things that I got a chance to see there that surprised me or stood out to me last night. And Justin's been sprinkling in his behind the scenes stuff throughout the morning, and he'll keep doing that as well. Um, and Maura got the free seat. Maura, it was awesome. How good was that? Cool seats. Weren't you right on the field, too? Served champagne, strawberries. That was awesome. Way to go. Sold a satin jacket, five grand. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway. And stock paid for his. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm glad. Not just paid. Really paid quite a, quite a bit for this. It's great. Not at all upset about that. Uh-huh. Uh, there were a lot more Mariners fans there than I thought there would be. I don't know why. I... I I was expecting there to be a lot more out-of-towners, and maybe that'll be different tonight. I don't know. Maybe it's Mm. kind of a different vibe for the Derby than for the All-Star game, but I would say 90% of the people there were wearing Mariners gear in some way, maybe even more so than at a normal baseball game. Like, I feel like when I go to normal games, I see, I don't know, 20, 30% from the opposing team. Right. I only saw Mariner gear last. Like, it was everywhere. Everyone was wearing a Julio thing. Hmm. And I, I don't know whether that's normal for an All-Star game, but I was expecting it to be the opposite. Gosh, I went to the Derby 20 years ago. I do not remember any of that. But I seem to, if I if I had to guess, I would have seemed to think it was the same thing. No, these are the... These are the baseball fans in Washington, like my buddy Waltier. Talked to him yesterday. He's like, so you going? He's like, am I going? <laughs> yeah, I'm going. And my whole family's going. Yeah, if I sunk down some cash on this, like this is a big deal, man. Yeah. Once every 20 years and the way the commission got booed the other night, maybe never again. So you, you, when it comes to your home, right, it's like game day, coming to your city. When it comes to your city and it comes to your home, you want to show up and you want to show out. And I think the baseball found fans in our town yeah. did that last night. The next time you go to T-Mobile, which for you will be tonight. Oh, yeah. But for anybody, the next time you go there. Footlong lobster roll. Did I see that? Yeah. No. Yes. But long Dungeness Crab Dun- Oh, there you go. Even yeah. better. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Where stuff. was that? Because I, I was looking for that, actually, Did last you, night. Have you gotten I kind of forgot that, where it was. Footlong Dungeness Crab Roll. Have you tried that yet? No, I didn't do that. But they do have some new all-star food. So I'll get that the city, oh, so. really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's discuss, actually, a little bit later. I'll figure all that out before I get down there. Morgan, did you get all that served to you last night in the suite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, you, did you have, like, the... the I wasn't in a suite. No, you got to play this up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was right down there in the oh, Diamond yeah. Club. The tonight. next time you go they to T-Mobile. A than- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Next time you go to T-Mobile, look for the Fred Meyer sign in left center. Just go find the Fred Meyer sign. Look where that is, is in left joke? center. Is this a stretch? Nope. Oh, okay. Just go find the Fred Meyer sign in left center. Look where it is and realize that Luis Robert yesterday hit a ball over it and to the right of it. It was an absolute cannon shot. Yeah. It was the longest ball hit last night. I mean, it, he didn't 482? win. 482? 480-something. I think it was okay. 482. Yep. So oh you my. won 100 grand for that. Oh, my God. Oh, so that's where Kelnick's ball would have landed that he hit in Chicago. Yes. It Whoa. is so far away. Seven home runs, 440 feet or more. <laughs> I mean, that was five more than Adley Rutschman, <laughs> Randy Arozarena, and Adolis Garcia combined, according Correct. to ESPN. Wow. Correct. 
I mean, I know obviously Julio put on the biggest show, and you know Rosarena and and Vlad kind of did their thing, mm-hmm. and Robert kind of gets forgotten about because he didn't really do all of that. But oh my god, I happen to have watched because it's hard to follow every single ball, correct? But I happen to have followed that one, and I'm watching it going. That that's not stopping. It's just still go. Just the next yeah. time you're there, look yeah. at where the Fred Meyer sign is and be shocked. Yeah, who uh, who was on the set for television last night? Who is the um, Spanish speaking announcer for ESPN? Alden Gonzalez. Yes, he said before the competition he goes. There's going to be a ball hit out tonight. Not quite. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe on like an 80 degree. Wasn't it was it humid. humid too? The humidity will help. It'll travel in the humidity. So the balls were traveling? Yeah. And and I was like, I'd, I think I would bet on that. That's not going to happen all the way out of this stadium. A uh, couple guys came close. I think a Rosarena came close on one, or maybe it was Garcia. Somebody early near, put one, I don't know, a few rows halfway up maybe in the yeah. upper tank there. Was that Fred Meyer more impressive than Vogie's in like the third deck of right field? Uh, I think that one would be yeah, more, it was pretty right? far. <laughs> I mean, pull home runs look farther, yes. because it's not as far to Correct. the to the fence. Correct. When you realize so where that sign center. is, because okay. it's really center left center too. All right, like it is an absolute bomb where he hit that ball. It's pretty cool. Speaking of bombs, and obviously there were a lot of them last night. You know who was really really fun was the two high school kids competing. Did you did I they did show that on that. TV? No. I, okay, so they hit, let me let me kind of take you inside this, and Justin Moore can help me with. So at the end of the first round, they brought out these two high school kids who had gotten to the finals of the high school home run derby, a lefty and a righty. The lefty goes first. And like the first couple, he miss hit. And you're like, ah, this probably is going to be ugly. And all of a sudden he started tattooing them. He only hit eight. They had what? Two minutes. I think he had. Yeah. And that was it. So he hit eight home runs. And where was he from? He, uh, he was from South South Carolina. Carolina. Okay. Dude. He hit a couple of bombs off the uh, Hit It Here Cafe. Dude, he hits. I mean, now they were using metal bats, which I didn't realize with him because he's a lefty and maybe it didn't sound that different from where I was. And then when the other kid came up, the righty from Olive Branch, Mississippi, by the way, when he came up, I I was like, oh, I could hear the plink. It was like, okay, Richardson. So I was going to say a minute ago when you're talking about a ball leaving the stadium during um, home run derby rehearsals, they had the high school kids out there hitting. Because they just needed to run through time and cameras, whatever. Sam Richardson hit one, the Olive Branch kid who ended up not winning last night. He hit one off of the Cleveland Guardians flag that kept it in the ballpark. Wow. It would have left the ballpark. Wow. Yeah, metal bat. So so he didn't win. He loses to the kid. So, you know, you guys watched the Home Run Derby last night. Yeah. You saw the reaction amongst the players when they lost. It was like, ah, what a blast, hugs. And, you know, it was a great lesson, by the way, for Cecily, who was pretty upset about Julio losing. I'm like, hey, look what Julio's doing. Mm-hmm. He's going over. He's being a great sport. He's hugging his friend. Like, she's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a good sport. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no kidding. Oh, I mean, I'm my dad. Right, exactly. Um he didn't want any part of it when he lost. He looked so mad. He was mad at himself. I mean, obviously, he wasn't mad at the other guy. Right. But he was just, I think, so frustrated with himself because it's it's something that you control and can do all the time. So they raise him up in Olive Branch. Dude, he Talk was. KJ about that. He was mad. Yeah. I thought he was going to try to snap a bat, except that it was metal. By the way, I've waited, what what time is it? 39 minutes. Is, did Ces- Cecily sat in this seat? Yeah. Is she just you? 
Did you? How much of that did you? Like seriously, is she was just dogging on you yesterday, and she was just one liners hard on you. Even dropped the bomb at the end that you don't smell good or you smell bad or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she did say that. Yeah, she's uh-huh. like, Dad, you smell bad. Yeah, so you spent all week with her in yeah. San Diego. Yes. You spent yesterday at the home run derby. Yes, we all got to just marvel at her confidence, <laughs> mm. her wit, mm. her talent as she put on one of the best ranked ever. As, as she walked around the building yesterday, anybody come up to her? Did she get any attaboys, she did. girls? Yeah, a bunch of people were like, oh, I heard you this morning. And I think that kind of weirded her out a little bit. I, I mentioned she saw Justin on the TVs in there. And I was like, uh-huh. hey, look, there's Justin. She's like, oh, my God, that's cool. Man, he's in front of all of those people talking like that. It's like, well, what uh-huh. do you think you did this morning? <laughs> like that hadn't fully registered with her uh-huh. until sort of random people were coming up being like, hey, great job this morning. I love the way you were teasing your dad. Like, oh, yeah, great. Great encourager. Thanks. I need, I need more of that. Really, really appreciate it. She did so good. Gosh. Is your question whether or not she's like that all the time? The answer to that is a definitive yes. What you got yesterday was what I get all the time. She is a, a constant source of, of just crushing me all day, every day. And it was the entirety of our trip together. So if, I, if I had Jane and Larry sitting here and I said to them, hey, Jane, if, yeah. if Salk was, if Michael was nine years old, eight, what is this, eight or nine? Nine. Yeah, nine. She's nine. Uh, Salk at nine and I played that sound to Cecily, what would Larry do? Oh, yeah. Yep, that's that's Michael. You want you want the text I got from my dad yesterday? I'll see if I can uh, uh, I'll see if I can read this because Cecily really was surprised. I mean, she was really good yesterday. I was she was I was pretty blown away by her uh, by her readers? ability. Dad, you no. smell bad. Oh, see that now that's going to be a drop. Yep. Jeez, this is my life. Here you go. Here, dad, you smell bad. <laughs> here's what my dad wrote me. That's the funniest bit you've done in a long time. She was great, so funny and confident. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yep. She's a snarky wise ass like you <laughs> and me. Hysterical. There it is. That's yep. my life. Oh, that's good. that's that's the life I've managed to find oh, for myself. So By the way, my so other good. daughter, the exact opposite. <laughs> yep. Sweetest person you've ever met. Kind, etc. Your mother. Anyway, <laughs> all, right. Yeah. all right. You know, I had more takeaways. But, yeah, give me some more. Give me one but, more. But, <laughs> <laughs> having you uh, having you here in studio is yes. throwing me for a loop sure a little is. bit. Uh-huh. We've uh, gone all this way and we haven't mentioned Adley Rushman hitting from both sides of the true. Yeah, that was cool. That was definitely that a cool happened? thing. I don't remember seeing it. I think it has. Was that sister or, or girlfriend or wife? What do you did you you sat right I, in front of? I him? was standing right in front of him, and I, I don't want to say it was a, a girlfriend or a sister because I'm not sure. But uh-huh. I, I, I the way that the mom and her were reacting it yeah. seemed like a girlfriend. It is pretty cool. But the yeah. mom was so adorable, just couldn't. I mean, she was seconds away from just sobbing. Yeah, because she was so well, proud, was so cool. Correct, right. which is a that risk. Makes it even more emotional, right? I mean, yes. that's a little risky because sometimes the dads don't do that well. Well, I also throwing. couldn't tell if the if the girl that we're talking about was saying "Let's go, Dad" or "Let's go, Ad." Ah, <laughs> so I was, so I was like, "Oh, could be Dad." Is that the first? <laughs> is that the first switch hitting we've ever seen in a drive? I've never that's seen what that. I'm saying. I, Justin seen just said that. I don't know. I feel like I've seen it before, but mm. I'm I'm not sure. What else I've never seen was the dad putting the readers on the back of his jersey. Oh. Yeah, I've never seen and that He knew. He knew what to do. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to put those readers for national TV <laughs> for people to think I'm blind if I'm not doing well, so I'm going to tuck these behind me, and then the big hug came in. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Readers may be gone for round two. That was awesome. Okay, well, the father, sister. son. It was yeah. sister. It was sister. The father, son moment right there, Very too, cool. with mom and sis in the stand. That was... 
Made for TV stuff right there. Uh, the guy sitting next to me at the Derby and also my mom texting me, both a little concerned about Julio's back mm. after the first round. Did they say anything? Was that like a thing they said on TV? Mm. Or was it just she was naturally nervous because she's my mother? I think just because of the amount of overuse and torque with 41 of them right. maybe in the first round and then just trying to figure out what ran out of juice in the second round. Yeah, I, I didn't didn't see a wince. Okay, I didn't see anything. Yeah, I hate that I even worry about things like that, but that's just sort of who I am. So yeah. what can I tell you? Yep. Uh, the last thing I, I would bring up here is I saw some folks complaining online, which is certainly a place where people go to complain, that Julio, quote unquote, got screwed by having to go first mm. in each round. And if Julio didn't have to go first, he would have won. Yeah. He didn't get screwed. That's the rules. If he had more home runs in the regular season, he would have been seated higher. Yes. And then he would have gotten to go second correct that's the extent of it yes if he wants to win if you want julio to win the home run derby because he gets to go second he needs to hit more home runs during regular season play Mm -hmm. and for anybody who says that's not a fair way to seed it i completely disagree with you correct i think it is a very fair way to do it and i'm sorry it didn't work out for julio but that's too bad yes yeah, that's a controllable. That's on your stats Jeez. and your numbers. And if you're going to complain about something, that's probably a tough argument to try to win. Right? Yeah. Like, shouldn't th- that's the gig. I think that's called it's a merit- home runs. Is that called a meritocracy? Uh, your, your, it would be a meritocracy. A meritocracy. Thank yes. you. That's a big one. I'm going to write that one you write down. write that one down before passing gets in here. I don't know where that came from right there. Meritocracy. <laughs> meritocracy. Yes. When you first started, I thought you were trying to say a meritocracy. Like no, as no, if no, it was no. sort of no. like America. No, 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 no. But Mozart. No, no Mozart. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope, I went. words ready for passing. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're getting ourselves prepared. Hey, uh, don't forget all of our coverage this week, the biggest week of the summer, presented by the Sportsbook at Snoqualmie Casino, uh, which is awesome. We're broadcasting live from Soto. Thanks to our friends over there at Snoqualmie Casino. All right, uh, it's time for a little Blue 88. Mm. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Song. <laughs> All right, Brock, as good as last year's draft class was for the Seahawks, can this year be any better or deeper than last year? This one's going to be tough. Last year, you had many more opportunities. You just looked at it on paper and went into that season, and certainly your right tackle and left tackle doing something hadn't been done in 30 years in football and be bookend tackles and start nearly every single game. So... That that right there, that opportunity is not presented with this crew. Even a cornerback, you would say, you take Devin at number five. Would you be shocked week number one if Devin Witherspoon is not your starting corner opposite of Tariq? Would you be shocked? No. I would not be shocked. No, why would I be shocked? I, I mean, I thought we were expecting that to be the case. Number five pick in the draft? Number five picks in the draft usually are thrown out there. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said, would I be shocked if he was out there? Yeah, no. If he was not out there. I'd be pretty shocked. You would be shocked? Surprised. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. But Michael Jackson, Thriller, having the kind of offseason he did, the kind of season he did last year, and just saying, man, I'm not going to give you this. You're the fifth pick in the draft. Nothing is going to be given to you. You're going to have to earn it all. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be your third receiver. So kind of like Cross last year and Abe Lucas, that opportunity is right there for you. You're going to be thrown in with the one reps right away. But overall, in totality, you may see a lot of snaps. You may, you're going to get lots of opportunities. But as far as starting and five starters, I think that's a little rich and left for last year, not this year. All right. Question number two. 
In addition to sort of list season, it's also going back and looking at all the numbers season in the NFL. What's a number that maybe we haven't been looking at that we should be? Yeah, I saw uh, Warren Sharp put this out yesterday, and I know um, more as a, a numbers hawk. Uh, herself, certainly individually with fantasy football. I don't know if you look collectively at the big team picture more as much as you do individual, but Warren Sharp put this number out and it was startling. The number is chunk plays. And those are defined as 20 plus yard plays. And it was about as direct a correlation as I've ever seen to playoff teams. <laughs> if you want to look at, hey, here's the playoff teams. Give me give me a number. Is it turnover differential? Yeah, that, that usually is pretty good. Sacks, that's usually pretty good. You know, your quarterback play, certainly. But as far as like a team stat, how many explosive plays you have of 20 plus yards? Who led the league? The world champs. The Chiefs had 83. Who was second in the league? Philadelphia Eagles. They had 80. Who was third in the league? San Francisco. They had 75. Uh, Miami, 72 playoff team. Buffalo, 71 playoff team. Jacksonville, 70 playoff team. Detroit, 69, just missed the playoffs. And who was right behind them? Your Seattle Seahawks mm. at 68. I think I could land on a pretty darn strong argument and say the single biggest stat and reason why the Seahawks last year did something nobody saw coming was because of those explosive plays. 68 explosive plays. Top seven in the league. Geno Smith had a lot to do with it. DK, Tyler, Ken Walker, you had explosive pieces and personnel to do it, but the fact they went out there and did it. It's one of the most got to be some Shane Waldron in there too, it right? It is, and it's one of the largest misconceptions of Pete. Because Pete is not just a play it safe, Marty Schottenheimer, Marty Ball. That's not who he is. Right? The, the, the Many of these D coordinators of the past that, uh, that are, then get elevated to head coach and have that just total defense. Belichick's the same way as Pete. Mm-hmm. They have a defensive optics to their life, but they understand the need for explosive offense. Pete did it for 10 years at SC, better than anybody in college football in that run. And he's come here and go look at his explosive play numbers. Doesn't just want to pound the ball and run the ball and play safe and play conservative. You run the ball to throw it and throw explosive haymakers. And they did it last year. And if they do that again this year at that kind of level, if they're top five, six, seven in the league and with Jackson, you would think that addition and, and, and certainly Charbonnet and his explosiveness, you would think they should be. They'll be a playoff team once again. All right. Question number three. Well, college football conversation here. Bruce Feldman, big article in The Athletic with Kalen DeBoer, who he sat down with for a long interview. What'd you learn? It was really cool. I'd recommend it for anybody that enjoys college football. Bruce is such a good writer. He is so connected. He's a, he's a great friend. I'm going to see him down in Dallas at Big 12 Media Days later this week. And he came up here to sit down with Kalen and have a one-on-one because that record is astonishing. His accomplishment in turning around a four-win team to 11 plus seven last year. Uh, You know, that went under the radar a little bit because of what the Seahawks did in their surprise season. But the one thing that stood out is, is what we talk about a ton on this show, not just connection, but continuity. His guys have been with them all the way and that matters. So you don't know the name Lance Leipold, but he's the Kansas football coach. And last year turned Kansas, Kansas 
one of the perennially worst programs for the last 50 years into a bowl team. And he did it the same way because he was at a small school where he won five national titles. And then he went to Buffalo and made him a top 25 team. And then he brought that whole same continuity and staff and confidence and culture and whatever else you want to throw in there to Kansas. And they didn't start at ground zero. They, they knew, like, this is the way we do it. This is how we do it and how we're going to do it. And we've won everywhere we've been and we're going to win here. And Kalen's had the same guys. Chuck Morrell had been with them in Sioux Falls. And, and Ryan Grubb had been with them at Sioux Falls. And then they were at Eastern Michigan. And then they were at Fresno State, right? And then here you go. Now you're going to make the jump from Fresno to Washington. And never overwhelmed because you have trust in all of that continuity. And I think in this day and age of all the moving pieces, Sulky, that that is one that, um, that doesn't get enough credit often enough to have that stability, that continuity. And in our market, we have seen it benefited the Mariners. It certainly benefited the Seahawks, benefited the Sounders and others. When you have that continuity, man, typically winning can follow. All right, there you go. That is Blue 88. We do that every morning at 745. Just a little guaranteed football conversation in there. We'll have a little bit more. Uh, we're going a little late today. Uh, we're going to go all the way until 11 o'clock. What? I know. It's crazy. We what? We're going until 11. Uh, you may need to go renegotiate your contract. I know that's uh, sort of outside the norm that's for right. you. Bump and Stacy take over. Uh, then they're going to be uh, kind of down in Soto and Azar, uh, Wyman, and Bob. So it's going to be a, a, a big day down there, but they can't get to where they're going until 11. So oh. we're there to uh, kind of pick them are up. Bump and Stacy okay with us going 10 to I don't. 11? I have not asked, to be honest so with you. So then are they going an extra hour or are they just. I don't know how that works. Uh. I think next week, one day, they're going to come in at 9. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think that's going to. I think I think they're going to come in at nine in order so. to make up. Yeah, no, don't you don't so. think so? No, no huh? that seems kind now of. Now we'll unlikely. do it for the All Star Game. We'll do whatever it takes. We're of course team, team guys, Salk. Did we used to do five hours? Yes, we did often. No yeah. one listened. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so they figured let's put these guys on longer. We could put them on for eight hours and nobody would listen. So <laughs> might as well. I'll tell you what, based on some of the texts we're getting, I wish people weren't listening now. We might have gotten two or three of the dumbest texts I've ever seen here in the course of the last 10 minutes. Give me one. uh, Let's see. Uh, It's not just about Julio winning. It's just a dumb way to do it with the matchups. Do a single round and then reseed it. Wow. Like, dude, you're worrying too much about who wins the home run. Okay, so Patson's coming. You and I were talking earlier about how there should be some kind of bonus if you hit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Home runs they the they could probably find a way to tweak that. But guys, chill out. Can I? Can I? Ask, that should not okay, be bothering I'm flip you so this much. Text toy around quickly. Do we know when Patson's coming in? Is it eight thirty? No, he has not texted to anybody. About oh, really? That. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Can well, the text toy- talk to him personally? You know, because yeah. he's a big deal. He's yeah, Patson and our friends. I'll just shoot him a message really quick. You have forty five seconds, text toy, and then the break to tell me some words that you want me to drop on Patson. So I already dropped meritocracy. Hmm. Give me some big words that you think I can fit in. I can't wait to see how many fake big words are yeah, sent in that no, you will then read. No, no this is 7 a.m. hour. We, we got it. You don't think fake big words are going to be sent in? <laughs> they might. You're more naive than I thought you were. <laughs> I've always thought of you as naive, but this might be the most naive thing you've ever said. Oh, my gosh. No, they know if they send in a fake word, I can Google it, and i got to you know figure out the meaning of it. But, mm. yeah, throw a few big words out there and see if I can sprinkle them in with passing. All right. Well, I can well, represent. Jeff should be here at 830 at the very least, and we're not sure how much longer than that. Before we get there, Brock, you had a unique experience last night. I think I need to hear a little bit more about it. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com.